Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. Right on. Thank you for taking some time here today. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, we've been pounding your music at the house. My wife loves. (laughs) She's like, you're talking to K-Flay? What the? Really? (laughs) So, yeah, really uh, looking forward to doing this with you. Oh, and uh, may the fourth be with you. Are you a Star Wars geek? You know what's so funny? Um, I'm not. Uh, and I mean, I'm not like anti Star Wars, uh, but today is my two week, uh, vaccine. I'm like, you know, I'm fully vaccinated. So I do feel like may the, may the force be with me today on that level. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and how have you been dealing with it? I mean, everybody's in the same boat, but like, what's your world been like for the last 12, 15 months, crazy year. (sighs) It's, it has undoubtedly been a crazy year. Uh, my, you know, I was lucky because I didn't have this giant tour and kind of rollout plan for last year. Um, it, it just so happened that it was going to be a recording year for me and kind of like a year actually in Los Angeles where I live. Right. So I didn't have this insane shakeup of of all of my plans. Of course, many things were changed in the process of recording and making music became very different uh, quite suddenly. But yeah, I think, I think for me in many ways, this, this period has been of, you know, this very interesting time of reflection and I I've spent my adult life touring on the road, which is, a very exciting way to live and a very fun way to live, but also a very chaotic way to live. And I've, I've actually, you know, had, I've been able to take a step back and, and sort of assess the, this concept of stimulation without getting like too deep into my own weird um, psychological stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I became very socialized in lots of ways to seek stimulation. You know, I'm living in like, even like, you know, touring in a van or in a bus, it's a lot of stimulation. You never just like sleep in a bed and it's, you know, it's quiet. There's, right. there's people around and there's, there's noise and it's bumpy. And, and this year I think has been this really, I mean, I'm really grateful for it. This really kind of, um, I don't know, wonderful moment of clarity in terms of evaluating my relationship to stimulation. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and so that's I've well doing... said. I mean, that's, I think a lot of people are like that as well. Certainly people like you that are performers, that they're content creators, you're touring, you're, you're showing your craft to everybody. But I think that could even be said to just general population, the person that's working an electrical job or working at, you know, McDonald's or, or whatever it is. I think that, you know, if anything, we can look at this time and kind of just assess everything. Totally. And, and I, if we're you know, not, we're, we're not, we've lost something. The message is not, you know? Yeah. And I think with the internet, I think you're totally right. We're all in this world of constant stimulation, you know, yeah. like at our fingertips is, is a computer for many of us. And mm-hmm. um, that's the size of, you know, a tic-tac box or whatever, uh, or a little I bigger know. than that. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's been a combination year for me of having a moment in a really beautiful way to get excited about re-entry with all this, with all this stuff that I've learned about kind of what I'm really seeking and 
these next frontiers I want to explore just inside my own mind. And then in addition, I've been able to make music that um, I'm very excited about. And I was actually talking to my manager the other day about this, like, you know, I know a lot of the music created in quarantine was very intimate and, um, you know, this, this aesthetic of intimacy, intimate music sounds that are very, uh, quiet and sibilant and, you know, all this stuff. And I think my reaction to quarantine and being cooped up was sort of to do the opposite and make music that was pretty like brash and loud and in your face, I guess. Yeah, I do. I do know that uh, I asked, um, you know, my followers to get you some questions and there was somebody that had a question about that. Uh, Rob goes, yeah, I'm wondering how different it is recording music during this pandemic and, and how did she get along with uh, the guys in Arkells? Oh, great guys. (laughs) Well, you know, uh, I'll answer, I'll answer both parts of that question. Yeah. I think making music during quarantine, I, because I was working with a lot of folks that I had collaborated with pre-quarantine in terms of producers, uh, we already had a rapport. I mean, uh, like for instance, the the people that I worked with on on Four Letter Words, you know, one of those producers, Tommy, we've been working on this is our third album together, so we have already like this this working relationship that was actually able to exist on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> he's part of the team exactly exactly so and you know a lot of the songs on this ep were uh, well all of them were with people that i knew already and and had a had a relationship with so i was lucky in that respect and i've always been a very self-sufficient artist in terms of recording vocals and and doing lots of things just on my own so i was also able to to really kind of take advantage of that and set up my my studio and do my thing and like make these songs in this interesting manner. But with regard to the Arkells, I love those guys. Um, We met probably, you know, we've been talking about this a little bit just because the song came out. Um, We met when I was out on tour with Mother Mother. Okay. So this would be like uh, four years ago. Vancouver. Yes. A rock band. Yeah. Yeah. BC folks. Um, I love Mother Mother. And I was opening for them all across Canada. We were touring oh, wow. like, you know, Red Deer. Like I was like, we were out there doing it. It was yeah. uh, my, you know, my first time going to a lot of these these cities and, and places. Um, and I was a guest on Max's podcast. And we had a lot of mutual friends in common. I think Lights was our connecting friend. Okay. And, uh, yeah, our, our friendship just started from there. And then Max texted me like a little over a year ago being like, hey, we have this song that we're working on. You want to come to the studio? We're in LA. Nice. And yeah, that was that was kind of how that came about. Yeah, because you always wonder like as a fan of, you know, both bands. I mean, Max has been on the show. Oddly, Lights has been on this podcast. Um, you always wonder like how these collaborations come together. The, the ex-ambassadors is fucking awesome. That's <laughs> great. That's a great track. Well, you know what's so funny about all of this? And I think when I, you know, before I did music, I had no idea how anything worked, of course. And yeah, but so much of it is just like, I think people would be shocked at how casual so much of the behind the scenes on collaboration is because most of it is just 
artist to artist, like texting, like, DMing, whatever. Hey, hey you want to be on my song? Well, and you know what's funny about that X Ambassadors track? So Sam Harris, who's the the lead singer of X Ambassadors, and you know, uh, been a friend of mine now for yeah about four or five years. Uh, we were on the same label for many years. Okay. He yeah he FaceTimed me. I was actually in my friends. This was like beginning COVID. I was in my friend's front yard being like, this is insane. We start, we were doing these reading, um, like reading in the yard on Sundays at my friend's house. Okay. <laughs> this is like early COVID. Yeah, just to hang, yeah. Just to like, you know, sort of cope with the chaos. And Sam FaceTimed me and he was like, dude, I, I wrote this thing and like Jordan's on it. Jordan's written some stuff and would you want to check it out? I think like, it could be awesome. And he sent it to me and I listened and I was like, oh, I love this. And that afternoon, I was at this point in COVID, by the way, I had set up a studio at my friend's house in their dining room because they were out of town. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. And I was like at their house during the day using it as a studio and then coming home to my place at night. And I went over to their house. I wrote the verse like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, recorded wow. it. And there, there you have go. it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, the, the like a hip hop, the rap world, they kind of seem to do it more often than you get where it's like, you know, you won't see Max on a mother, mother song, or maybe right. you would, but it's not as often. Right. But I do like it when it happens. I love it. I mean, I, I love collaboration and I think as a solo artist, it's always easier because you're kind of. Yeah, a free agent. But I think what's what's so interesting about collaboration and what's so interesting about conversation in general of any of any type uh, is that you're both let loose from expectations a little bit, because if I'm on an Arkells track, it means Arkells get to do some different stuff because I'm on it. So, right. OK, it's different. Right. And if if I'm on an Arkells track, it means, well, I get to do some different stuff because our kills are on it, our you know, and yeah, yeah. we're, we're, we're loosening each other's um, boundaries yeah, in and a good way. Expectations of fans, right? Yeah. Yep. And, and Craig goes, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear about the process with Tom Morello in that collaboration. Totally. So uh, yeah, I've got a, got a song called, or well, I've got a song featuring Tom Morello uh, on this, on this next EP. And that relationship again, uh, or this is a text, <laughs> text-based collaboration. I met Tom cause he cold emailed me. No way. Like four or five years ago. Yeah. Wow. And he was like, Hey, I heard your song on the radio. My kids and I loved it. Can I call you? Which song I, was he talking about? But he was talking about blood in the cut. Blood this was like right out. when blood in the yeah. cut came out was on the radio. And <laughs> I got the email. I remember I was in, I was in Nashville, Tennessee. And we used to, before the show, the live show, play this like, you know, super cut on YouTube of Rage Against the Machine playing South American festivals. Nice. And it was just like, you know, like Rage Against the Machine in Brazil in 1996, you know, or just like these insane moments. And it was so surreal to me, but it turned out Tom was working on a solo record, which I, uh, featured on I did I did a, I wrote a song with him for that and he and I have uh, a lot of commonalities uh, we're from the same sub kind of 
20 minutes from each other, suburbs of Chicago, and have kind of a lot of parallels, I think, in terms of our, the way we are, we're pretty like nice, reasonable people, you know, but we make we make aggressive music like what is that experience like so we there's a real kinship there and I really respect Tom and I I really look up to him so I I was working on this song and had had the demo of it essentially and we were kind of like should you ask Tom to play on it (laughs) so (laughs) I I should find the text but I just I think I just texted him like hey I'm working on this song would you like would you play on it and would you would you like solo and like do your do your thing just like go and say do tom do tom like full tom no holds barred and he he was like sure and then a week later you know i get the thing and i'm like oh god you know there's that feeling of like i'm so excited but oh my god i'm a little nervous too because like (laughs) what what if (laughs) anyway he killed it so there's (laughs) Dude, that's so amazing. Amazing. So what's it like growing up where you grew up? Because it's like under 30,000 people, right? Where you grew up? Yeah. And, I mean, and, it's a... And would people that knew you expect <laughs> you to be where you are today? Like you you, you take a course in like psychology and sociology. Um, yeah. Are you, um, are you blowing your friends' minds? I mean, I think... I'm past the point. I did blow their minds. I think at some point now they're used to it, but uh, I mean, where I grew up is, you know, as you, as you say, it's under 30,000 people. It's a, it's a town it's, but it's part of, you know, it's a suburb of Chicago. So it's in the Chicago Metro area. Um, So you're, you're close to the city, but not in it. And it's a pretty, you know, a pretty quiet, you know, lots of trees, not much is happening, uh, a fairly homogenous, you know, it's not a super, di- not a very diverse place at all mm-hmm. um, in many ways. And so I think while there were elements of my upbringing that, that I'm really grateful for, and I got a really good education, um, and that was sort of a refuge for me in many ways, like school and academics was this place where I could thrive and 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 felt like I had some control, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was, yeah. It wasn't until I I left and went to college. I went to school in the Bay Area. I'm actually, I'm wearing. I'm visiting my parents right now, so I'm wearing like oh, yeah. my old my college clothes right now. So I'm like, a little throwback. <laughs> a little throwback, but yeah, it wasn't until I kind of got to California and sort of the world started opening up in this bigger way. And I think for me, music was a total deviation. So yes, people, I, I think were very surprised, but in retrospect, it makes a lot of sense because I think there was a part of me that was really yearning to live in this world where I was free, again, talking about expectations, where I was free from my own expectations. and. In, in school and academics, I had a lot of expectations for myself. And while that was a, an exciting world to be in, it didn't offer me the same kind of freedom that music did because I didn't know anything about music really. Mm-hmm. And I, I had no rules for it. I didn't, I didn't like envision a career for myself. I, I was just doing it for the sheer delight 
Interesting. Um, so what's yeah. the music in the Flaherty house as a kid growing up? Like what are, what are your parents playing? Um, like, well, I, I, my parents split up. And so I have, I had a biological dad who, who died and then a, another dad and my mom and my, my biological dad was the one who was really into music. Um, and so there was a lot of music in the house. He played a lot of, you know, I guess, classic rock at this point um, and yeah. blues, but yeah, a lot of rock and roll and blues. And, uh, but also, you know, like he introduced me to the talking heads and, 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 you know, bands, bands like that as well. Um, mm -hmm. And he taught me to play like kind of r rudimentary guitar, I guess you would say when I was mm -hmm. like fifth or sixth grade. So that was like the music, you know, that I was exposed to, but it was, again, it was not part of my, my life kind of in a weird way um, yeah. until, until I got weird. to college. Yeah. Which yeah. is strange, but totally you know, strange. it's nice. It, it's nice. I think given the fact that I do have this, you know, like a parent who, who is gone, there is a way to, that, you know, he kind of like lives on through me and that's cool. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. What was your first concert? You know, this is a, I don't totally know. I think my first concert was like technically a beach boys concert, <laughs> like at an outdoor venue. You know what I mean? One of these like reunion of the beach boys. I have no idea who was in the right. band. The only song you remember is Kokomo. <laughs> right. Like, Why did I see um, the beach boys then? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, eight or something. Yeah. Um, one of the first concerts I, I like bought tickets to was Coldplay. Oh, wow. Actually on their first record. Okay. And now, I, here's I, a band for Coldplay. Yeah. Like it's, it's not a band that I would go home and listen to, but if they're coming to Vancouver, I'm going to see that show. Like they're oh, hell just yeah. that good. Like incredible live band. Incredible. Also parachutes. That record is in my opinion, very it's good. Huge. I I love one. And the reason I bought tickets to it was I went to Tower Records. I was in Chicago. I was in the Tower city. Tower Records. Throwback. I went to Tower Records. It was like right before it closed, I guess. And listened to it. I had never heard of Coldplay. Right. They had those I little listening to booths. It yeah. On a listening station. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is pretty cool. And they were playing at a venue called the Aragon Ballroom in Chicago. Oh, okay. And which I have Small, now played. Like that's a thousand seater, 1200. No bigger. It, it's like, bigger? it's like 5,000 capacity. Okay. It's pretty big. Yeah. Um, and yeah, granddaddy opened for them. And okay. I, that was like, that was one of the first, that was like, I think that was the first show where I was like, Hey guys, I want to go see this show. Do you want to come with me? I went to a few other concerts that like other people bought tickets and I just kind of went, yeah. but that was like the first decision I made. Wanted to, like, yeah. I'm going to this show. Yeah. That's great. What have you been binge watching lately? Oh, I've been binge watching new girl. New girl. What's that? <laughs> it's, um, it's a sitcom. It's like a very relaxing sitcom starring Zoe Deschanel. Okay. Um, that it's like, it was on for like seven seasons. So it's like, and they're, tw it's 22 episodes a season. So it's like a full on like network like sitcom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So slowly, slowly working through that. 
Um, to be honest, not watching a ton of television mm. in general. Um, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I read a lot of books and I also do a lot of crossword puzzles. Oh, no way. <laughs> so that's... You're going to rip a mask off and be my mom? <laughs> like, what's going on? I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm just waiting until I'm... Like, I in many ways have like the personality and tendencies of both like a young child and an old person, mm -hmm. like an older person, 60 plus. So I think that's what's sort of strange about me is that like people, I, I act, I, yeah, I have like the behavior and attitude of an eight year old and of a 65 year old. I love it. What are you reading? Um, I'm reading a book right now called the idiot. Okay. Um, not, um, not the Dostoevsky idiot, but a different one. Um, and yeah, I'm actually listening to a new podcast that's pretty interesting that's called Death at the Wing, which is kind of like a history of the NBA in the in the 1980s and also oh. also about like the United States in the 1980s and like the rise of Reaganism and it's pretty cool. Are you a big basketball fan then? I mean, I grew up in the golden age of the Bulls, so yeah. it was hard. It was pretty easy to be a basketball fan, and I played basketball growing up. Right. But I'm not like, you know, I'm not yeah. crazed about the NBA, but I'm, but I'm interested. I find sports pretty interesting in many ways as a reflection of our right. society. Totally. I think sports are, yeah, a, a yeah. very um, – yeah, I guess that's for a different podcast, but the So is it King James or is it MJ? Who's the mm. goat? Um <laughs> Okay, who's the goat? Um I mean, I I think I'd have to say Michael Jordan, but from a personality standpoint, I, I think LeBron. I mean, I I would much rather no offense to Michael Jordan, much rather hang out <laughs> with right. LeBron James. Hell yeah. I mean, hundred percent, one hundred percent. But from a yeah, again, from my own personal history and kind of the place of the Chicago Bulls in my in my world of nostalgia, Michael Jordan would be the goat. Yeah. But but the but the hangout goat would certainly be LeBron James. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, quickly, back to the music. Inside Voices out June eleventh. Yes. How long did you have the EP completed? And is it weird to be releasing music when you can't tour to support it? I have had the music done for a while, but not so long that I have grown weary of it. Mm. Um, it still feels pretty fresh to me. So some of these songs, I think we mixed everything at the beginning of this year. So, okay. you know, it's, it's, yeah. It's still it's still pretty fresh in in my mind in many ways. Even though I started writing some of these songs a year ago, um, or a little bit over a year ago, that's kind of typical for a right. Honestly, I mean that's short in some cases right. uh, when you're putting out music. So they, it, it, yeah, I feel I feel pretty lucky about that. Um, in terms of releasing music when you can't play shows in the normal fashion. Well, you know, we've got a tour booked for next year and I'm really hopeful it can happen. You know, tickets are on sale. We've been doing, 
we've been doing well with that. And I think people are really excited. Oh, people are so, dying to get back to it. I know. Jeez. It's um, just going to be explosive when, when you actually are able to tour, it's going to be fucking mental. I know. And I think I, you know, for me in terms of my mindset, it's like, okay, I've got these shows. I'm cautiously optimistic that everything is, you know, going to go as planned in that department. And so my goal is just like, how do I get ready for that tour? I've got some dates this summer and fall, uh, like festivals and some festivals opening and dates, yeah. which I think will be, you know, those will, that'll be my first time testing out the new music live. What's exciting for me is that like this EP is, is like begging to be played live. It's loud and it's, Nice. You know, it's, it's, it's like a, <laughs> I was saying to, to my friend, like, you know, there's sometimes when you're putting together a live show and you're like, oh man, is it too like low energy? You know, I think what's exciting for me is like, this is not low energy. And at this point, the catalog is, is big and we can put on this, like what I think is a really dynamic and exciting show. So I'm just staying focused on that and try not to get, you know, caught up in, uh, the cycle of, of doubt and worry, but yeah. Hard um, not to though. Hard not to. <laughs> hard not to though. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I want to respect your time. I told you I'd probably need maybe 20 minutes. We're way past that now, but I do want to still get to a few more of your fan questions uh, For sure. before I let you go. Um, interesting. Mark wants to know, do you believe in Bigfoot Sasquatch? <laughs> um, I've honestly never thought about it. Um, I, and I don't actually know really the lore of Sasquatch. Um, so I'm not really positive. I can answer this question. Do I, but I, I think Sasquatch, right. Is like a monster in that the lives ice, in the forest, not in right. ice, not in ice in the forest. It's the, yeah. It's the forest and seeing, mm -hmm. you know, prints of this beast. Oh, it's been some, uh, some hair findings and there's skeptics. There's people that believe it. I is it, know. is it wrong to say, I really don't care either way. Well, yeah. And I, <laughs> also that's, you know, it's the Yeti as well. If you know, right. Yeti. So same, no, no disrespect thing. to Sasquatch Yeti uh, debate. I'm not really that into like, this comes up with UFOs sometimes. Like, okay. I'm like good either way, yeah. you know, if they come around and they're like suddenly a part of our world, like that, okay, then I'm going to deal with that. Uh, but the, but the spec, I'm not like super into that speculation. So I'm ag I'm Sasquatch agnostic. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Chris goes, you know, she seems to have a great sense of humor and loves the jokes and puns. What's her go-to joke right now? Oh my God. My go-to joke. Um, well, it's kind of, it's like a morbid joke, um, but it's, it's my favorite. It's like kind of one of my all-time favorite jokes. My, my front of house, who I've toured with for however many years, he, he supplied me with many, uh, <laughs> many jokes. He has a great supply. And his, uh, his best one, I think, is, will glass coffins be a success? Remains to be seen. <laughs> No. And again, I, I hate to. We're, we're I hate <laughs> that one like always gets me. I don't know why. And I know it's like, you know, no, that's about... straight up dad jokes. Those are. Oh, dad yeah, yeah, jokes. yeah, yeah. It's a dad joke. It's a dad, joke, a dad for joke for sure. Yeah. Uh, Amber, who is the most famous person that you've met? 
Oh, wow. Um, I mean, Tom Morello. Tom Morello is pretty famous. I've met Courtney Love. I was actually just telling this story. Uh, The first time I met her was, strangely enough, the night, and this is, again, sorry for the darkness at the end of the episode, the night that Osama bin Laden was killed. Oh, wow. I was at this dinner party. It was like one of the most surreal moments. I was at this like pretty small dinner party in New York City, and the guy next to me turned to me and he's like looking at his phone. He's like, oh my God, like they've killed Osama bin Laden. And at that very moment, Courtney Love walked up to the dinner table. I was just like, wow, this is is strange. Um, So I don't know if she's the most famous, but she's up there. She's up there in that one. um, Yeah, that memory is very (laughs) sharp in my mind. Etched into into my memory. Uh, Dina, are you a gambler? No, Same. you know, I've I used to do it once. when I was younger, but like, I hate losing my money now. I can't fucking do it. I just hate it. Uh, yeah, I've gambled. I had one night of gambling in Reno and I gambled $20 and I had a blast. We like played blackjack and it was really fun, but Reno is chill. You know what I mean? Like Reno is kind of like, yeah, it's not high stakes or anything. So it was a very fun very nice. And that was the one time I've gambled. And I think that will probably be it. Probably the last time. Yeah. Uh, I want to know this too. Sarah wants to know which three albums do you need for the deserted Island? Ooh. Um, well, uh, you know, when I think about this question, I think about like, well, what am I going to need psychologically on a deserted Island? And I feel like one of the things I'm going to need is, fun so i would pick sergeant pepper beatles our dog is named after that album his name is sergeant (laughs) you can call him sarge but it's sergeant puppers (laughs) that's amazing uh yeah i love that record it's love that album it's a very fond very fond memories with that record and again it's fun it's like weird and i feel like on a deserted islands you need like kookiness right and Um, how crazy is that to think of that uh, that album and the reason why they made that album is because they were so done with being the beatles that they literally made like if we weren't a the beatles here's another take on us like isn't it insane to think that yeah it's absolutely insane to think about that and i think what's interesting is for many of us that's like classic Beatles. <laughs> you <know>? Totally. <laughs> They're like, we're redefining ourselves. Yeah, um, they did it because we're we're sick of being the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so so I would pick that. I'd Great album. probably yeah. pick The Battle of Los Angeles. Uh, Rage Against the Machine. I think like catharsis would be very necessary. Oh yeah. Again, like energy rage the 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 um exercising of those demons and then um maybe i mean well okay i'm a i'm a very big yeah yeah yes fan and i feel like i would need some emotional music so I, i love show your bones uh their record which I didn't, I didn't really get into until many years after it came out, but I think I would, would pick that, you know? Well done. Like there's a question that I, I don't know that I could answer. I mean, I could answer it, but it would probably be different tomorrow. 
Well, and that's the, I think that's the key is like, yeah, I don't know who knows what yeah, I totally. would do, but I think like, you know, yeah. I need, you need like catharsis fun and then to engage in your own like sentimentality, probably something like that. Yeah. All right. Last question. I'll wrap it up with a, uh, with an oddball. Okay. Have you ever had a near death experience? Not necessarily you're floating over your body or whatever, but yeah. more like, holy crap, I could have died there. Yeah, actually, right where I am, my parents' house, like a year and a half ago, I was visiting um, on tour. I was like here for a couple days in between shows and there was a fire and we like had to escape. It was crazy. Wow. Uh, in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, this A battery exploded and... I heard it explode and I like ran into the living room and everything was in flames. Holy like, shit. It was fucking insane. It was like, actually so, like, so what did you do? What, what, what did you do? <laughs> so I went into my parents' room and my dad had just had surgery like a day before. Um, that's why I was visiting. And, um, it was like, we got to get out. There's the, the there's a fire. Holy and it started shit. filling up like, I mean, the amount of smoke that happens, it's so, it's so, everything's happening so quickly. You know, it's crazy. I had never been in, in a, in a fire before or anything like that. And yeah, we, we got out, um, safely and the fire department came and hosed everything down and essentially destroyed their place with water and smoke. I mean, the smoke and water did all this crazy damage, but luckily like we were all okay and we got out, but it was totally surreal. I was actually thinking about it last night. Uh, yeah. Um, and then my parents had to like live in this temporary and everything and apartment for a, yeah. a really long time. And yeah. Anyway. Wow. So, but <laughs> dude, it was fucking, I'm oh, sorry scary shit. if I can swear. Um, it was, it was, yeah, it's scary. It was very scary. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you again for doing this. You're easy to find online, simply Kflay at Kflay <laughs> on uh, Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Uh, Inside Voices is out June 11th. And uh, I guess we'll see you online. Hell yeah. Thank you so much, Todd. I really appreciate it. The Toddcast Podcast on ToddHancock.ca.